It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can find me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also check him out on the Best Coast Boys podcast. Landon, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. I'm, I'm glad to uh, be talking football and just finally get a break from watching the Frozen 2 teaser trailer on loop with my four-year-old daughter, uh, as has been basically my entire morning. Well, you, I mean, that's that sounds t- especially awful, I have but to, you I know what's worse I have to let than... it go, Marcus. I have to let it go. That's... Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Thank Jesus. you very much. Thank such, you, everybody. Such a Thank you. <laughs> Do you, you know what's worse than watching the Frozen 2 trailer over and over and over? Trading for Joe Whoa. Flacco. Just, just, just throwing that Whoa. out there. So at least we aren't the Broncos. Wow. That's that's the good thing. Man. All right. I know. It's it's rough. All right. Coming up on today's show, we answer your Twitter questions. And I, I've got to say, this is maybe the best group of questions we have in a long time. Uh, so let's jump right into it. This this first question from Daniel, maybe my favorite <laughs> question just, we've ever had. You on just Locked really on want podcast. my answer on this. I, I feel like you're just. <laughs> I, I really okay. do. I I listen. I I sat in my chair and I was thinking about my response to this question for about 15 minutes today, uh, and I still don't have a great one. But let's go ahead and get it from Daniel. If the Cowboys brass allowed you to ask one question to which they would give you a truthful response, what would you ask them, Landon? What is the biggest mistake your department made that no one is aware of or no one will pu- admit publicly? Ooh, that's a good one. What do you think the answer is? I don't is? know. I mean, obviously, I think there are things that are, you know, like the, you know, they talk about the unknown unknowns. I think, you know, the, I think there is potentially, you know, a whole group of of things that, uh, that, happened or that that transpired that we are completely unaware of you know that just never made it to the public so i i you know I, I, that, mm-hmm. that the thing about this question and i agree is a great question it made my brain lock up because there's too many like i, I have two, right that's to, really to narrow it down to one is like i i want i would want to have a conversation so it feels like this is something where all right, tell me something I don't know that's shocking, basically. You know, like that, uh, that, that no one is aware of publicly that's shocking. So my response, I actually had two different ones, and I know this is cheating, but... That's totally I, cheating. I'm always curious, I know. I'm always curious as to what exactly happened with the Tony Romo situation. Who decided to, to make the call uh, to go with Dak over Romo? I, I mean, we've heard bits and pieces there, but that one's always kind of interested me. Uh, the one that I really want to know is the, the 2017 draft. Uh, I want to know their thought process behind taking Taco Charlton over T.J. Watt. Because kind of leading up to that whole draft process, we've heard you know, T.J. Watt was kind of the guy. And it seemed like 
about a week before the draft, something changed. I just want to know what happened. Who came into that room and said, I don't think T.J. Watt can play defensive end? Was it Jason Garrett? Was it Rob Marinelli? Was it the scouts? Was it Will McClay? I mean, again, we've heard things, but I've heard you know from a bunch of different sources a bunch of different things of what happened. So uh, I, I'm always curious as to what happened with the taco uh, pick over T.J. Watt. Any, any guess as to maybe what happened there? I think it was McClay. I don't know. I, I, yeah. I, I, I've heard a lot of different things by a lot of people too, and the the name I keep hearing is that it was McClay. But yeah, see, that's the one I want to know exactly what happened in that conversation before the draft, uh, because maybe that tells us a lot about what's going to happen in future drafts. But our, our next question comes from Donato. I like this one as well. If the Cowboy players are stocks, who would you be buying and selling having great seasons next year? All right, let's start with buying. Which which player stocks are you buying for the 2019 season? Oh, I just did one of each. I didn't even think about doing multiples. Okay, but, that's fine. Uh, just, just do one. I'm I, buying Amari Cooper stock. And I know that the stock's already pretty high, probably. It's probably you already got a pretty high price point. But I just feel like with an offseason, a full offseason with Dak, uh, and and a full off season to kind of plan around having a guy like Amari Cooper, uh, it it really just uh, it makes it, it it makes for an opportunity for huge growth, and I think that we are likely to see uh, even further growth uh, production wise uh, from Amari Cooper. So I buy an Amari Cooper. I, I like that one. I mean, that's that's a high stock. That's like a Facebook or a. Uh... Oh, maybe a Netflix stock. I'm going to take Dalton Schultz. I'm buying a little low on Dalton Schultz. Didn't have a fantastic rookie season, but I thought you saw signs in the second half of the year where you started to see improvement. We talked about his technique a lot on this show. The technique was there. He just needed to add strength. Uh, I think this offseason you're going to see him bulk up 10, 15 pounds uh, and be a dramatically better player next year. Wouldn't shock me at all if he enters the season as tight end one. Are you okay with See, that? See, I like, the, you know, I like this because we're two different types of traders, right? You're the guy swinging for the fence. He's going to buy low and it's sell a future high. I, I'm yep. a guy. I'm, I'm the day trader, right? I'm, I'm trying to just get micro uh, uh, you know, improvements with just buy, buying and selling here and there as fast as I can and just getting uh, whatever improvement there is. True. So, uh, yeah, I, I like that we kind of mixed it up there. We, went, we, we, we gave everyone a buy high and a buy low. All right, give us your sell. Uh, this is Sean Lee. I, mean, I don't even know if he's on the mm, team anymore. Well, that's a good one. I mean, but I, I mean, uh, yeah, he's. I, I love you, Sean. I'm. I'm so sorry, uh, but yeah, uh, you, you. It's. It's time. It's the. It, it was time probably by midseason. Um, you know, even if he comes back and pl- is healthier and, and plays kind of like he did, uh, closer to the beginning of the season. I, I mean, they. They kid gloved. It's a lot like Romo in a lot of ways, man. Like they they, yeah, they really kid is. gloved him, and he still got hurt. And to me, that that means that like it's it's probably just time. Is Sean Lee the Sears of stocks right now? At one point was you know the the top of the line, but now it's basically useless. Yeah, I mean blockbuster. Yeah, you know <laughs> Block, blockbuster. Oh, that's even worse. It's even worse. Well, think about where uh, think about where Sean Lee was at one point. I mean, yeah, like oh my gosh, I've cornered the market on video rentals. This is uh, this is gonna go. I'm gonna live forever. And then yeah, suddenly uh, yeah, not so much. Uh, I'm going to sell Taco Charlton stock. Yeah. It's already low. I just want to get out. Whatever I can get. Uh, if I was the Cowboys, 
Um, you know, if you could get a day three pick, it might be worth it. Just, I don't think he's right for this team. I think the expectations maybe got to him a little bit. Uh, clearly, they like Dorrance Armstrong quite a bit. Uh, I think they might be better off just cutting ties with Taco, moving on, getting some other you know players in there, uh, and just kind of admitting defeat on that first round pick. Um, all right, our next question comes from at Ball from Grace. With the Cowboys playing so many close games last year, do you ex- expect some regression there, or were the close games more of a result of philosophy and circumstances? Man, it's a complicated question, but uh, I, I I think that regression is something that is when you talk about it, it's taken on a on a scale that's larger than just the team. You know, I mean, it's a it's a NFL wide scale that regression happens at. Um, you know, I I think it's there's a level of inevitability that people tie to it that I think is uh, you know, I mean. Interesting. I mean, I think it's in in a way that like you can't be great or historically great forever just because of averages. Uh, You know, there is there is something to saying that there's there's people that don't fluctuate as wildly as is crazy for all the for all the you know the crap that this coaching staff and this front office takes. uh, You know, for for quote unquote being eight and eight all the time. um, You know, when they have. Really, the thing that that is the the fluctuator here is the injury luck regression to me, um, mm-hmm. because the Cowboys, I would say, you know, mostly I would say that the two factors with regression in general, especially with close games, are off season moves. Because as you win and lose games in the NFL, you get better and worse chances at improving your team. You know, whether that's in the form of uh, dra- drafts. Uh, where you pick, you know, your, your, your pick being better by having lost more games that season. Uh, so I think that the Cowboys managed to mitigate a lot of that by drafting well uh, at all different levels of the draft. You know, it, it's, I mean, I, they've, they've, had a, they've done a good job of drafting uh, in all different rounds at, at different points. I mean, I think, you know, obviously they've had some problems in the second round, but those have kind of cleared themselves up at times. But I think that the fact that the Cowboys are a good, a very good drafting team kind of mitigates a lot of the regression that happens due to uh, turnover or, uh, or loss of free agency or, you know, that sort of thing, because the Cowboys end up getting great replacements when they draft these guys. Um, And then I I think that, like I said, really what that leaves is kind of injury luck regression and, and, you know, things like, what happened last year? It's not like the Cowboys were pretty healthy last year, but at the same time they had injuries. I mean, they lost oh, they absolutely. lost Frederick for the whole season. I mean, yeah, so they they've they had Tyron out for a yeah. while. Zach Martin clearly wasn't healthy. That's the other thing is they had guys that were pretty hurt that didn't miss games. Yeah. Right? I mean, Zach Martin I think missed I think one or two games, but I mean he basically played that whole season at what eighty percent, eighty five percent. Yeah, it, it's 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 nuts. I mean, so. I think that, and again, like the fact that the Cowboys draft well means they have a younger team. In fact, they have one of the youngest teams in the NFL, and that also mitigates a lot of the in- injury luck regression. So, um, yes, I, I think that what you know, regression is a thing for sure. Uh, and uh, to his point, I think that it, it is a part of a philosophy thing because I think the Cowboys want to keep games close into the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter, and then uh, and then once the fourth quarter arrives, they want to win the game, uh, and I think that that a lot of that has to do with you know what kind of quarterback Dak is in the fourth quarter, 
uh, when the game is close. He's maybe one of the best in the league, if not the best in the league. If you look at some of the stats on fourth quarter, um, uh, uh, yeah, well, well, not even comebacks. I mean, quarterback rating. I mean, you know, all all that stuff. uh, Dak is. All all the trends seem to show that Dak is an exceptional quarterback it, when the game is tied at the end of the game. So sure. uh, I think the Cowboys generally uh, like to keep the games close uh, with the idea that they feel confident that they can win it at the end. And I think that's something that goes back to Tony Romo as well. Uh, so I, I, I do agree that, that the the games playing close is a philosophy thing. It's it is a circumstance thing, and it's also just the way that the NFL is designed uh, with parity to try to keep things close. I think you know it's good TV for these games to be close. So I think that the 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 NFL puts rules in place to kind of you know whether it's team building or actual NFL rules uh, game rules to try to you know make that happen and promote that sort of environment. Yeah, they certainly don't hate when these games come down to the wire, right? If you ever watch Red Zone at like a 1 p.m. Eastern time, uh, you know, once those 1 p.m. games get right down to the end, you'll see four, five, six games coming right down to a last-second field goal or whatever. The NFL doesn't mind that. They, they specifically designed the rules to, to keep these games close, keep teams from blowing, it out, blowing each other out. Uh, yeah, I, I, think, I think the Cowboys also have designed their team to to win in these close yeah. kind of games, it, you know, if they're up by three with two minutes left, they designed an offense that can uh, that can run out the clock better than almost any other team. They have a defense uh, that can get off the field because of their speed and their their pass rushing ability, and yet they've got a quarterback who can make plays with his legs and his arm. Uh, if you if you need to get a, you know big plays at the end of the game, so uh, I, could there be some regression there? Sure. Uh, I'm, even if there is, I'm not expecting it to be more than a game or two. Um, our next question comes from at Deviant Dynasty. What can we expect from second year wide receiver Michael Gallup next year? Uh, we've talked about this a lot on the podcast. Wide receivers typically break out in their second year, especially wide receivers from uh, JUCO schools or smaller schools. What are you expecting from Gallup next year? Well, really, if he can just you know take a big chunk of of you know the efficiency into his game and, and just kind of Absolutely. convert yep. a lot more of these targets, I th- you know I think the numbers are there. I mean, it, I think he just needs to. And I think, you know, it's it's easy to see. Like, even just when you watch the tape, it's like he's doing everything but finishing. Or, you know, he's getting he's doing everything 99% right, but it's just that 1% that he missed out and it caused an incompletion. And I think that that's really where the improvement in the offseason is going to push that over the top. You know, it's it's just like the regression thing. You know, it's like, you know, it's, it's a very teetering, very well-balanced thing. So all it takes is one big push one way or the other for uh momentum to start right and so um i, I think that's where it is right. with 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 Yallop is that he's very close i mean if he imagine if he had just converted like i mean this is an unreasonable amount but imagine if he had converted 75 percent of his targets like i mean he would have been one of the leading nfl receivers oh, yeah. so uh, yeah well think think about if he just connects or if he just catches like three or four of those deep passes that him and prescott just barely miss I think all of a sudden we're having a much, much different conversation about Gallup heading into the offseason. Absolutely, absolutely. So I guess my point is is that I think that as much as there is targetage for him with the the uh, how everything's going to be spread around in this offense, uh, I think that there is a, a good chance for him to grow exponentially and not just maybe – I mean, the numbers may 
only be slightly uh, more impressive, but but I, I would say that the numbers will probably be larger, uh, potentially on fewer targets, and, and and hopefully him converting a lot more of these targets into catches, uh, allowing more efficiency. You know, I think you know this is the Z more of the Z receiver type. So if he's not as efficient as maybe Cooper or, or you know some of the other guys, that's okay because I feel like a lot of his passes are going to be deep deep shots down the field where you're trying to stretch defense that's that's fine you know that's okay but we still need him to convert even some more of those you know so i i i'm okay mm-hmm. with him of them taking shots down the field and he, you know maybe him not converting them because as many because he is that deep shot guy at times at the z uh but he still needs to be converting uh his targets at a higher rate uh in order to improve yeah, that's his. That's his only flaw right now is his efficiency, and that's not necessarily all his fault. There's times too where he's open down the field, and Prescott just kind of threw the ball out of bounds. It counts as a a target for Gallup, but he had no real shot of catching it. Um, among all the rookies, uh, Michael Gallup was one of the top receivers in air yards, and air yards is basically the average distance the ball is thrown to the receiver. Um, l- listen, if he can just improve his his efficiency to 60%, which that's not a big jump. I think you have a case to make. He could be very easily a 1,000-yard, 1,100-yard receiver, even despite not getting a ton of targets. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens to Gallup. I, again, I think he's going to take a massive jump this, this offseason. He's going to kind of settle into that Z receiver role. He knows that Amari Cooper's on the outside. He's got a full offseason to work with Prescott. Uh, I'm expecting big, big things from Gallup in year two. Um, this next question comes from Hot Boys, and it's more just a, a straight question about Prescott. If the Cowboys, uh, would you offer Dak Prescott five years, $100 million, fully, fully guaranteed? Not a lot of wiggle room there, but you get him at what, $20 million a year, fully guaranteed? I would. That's just me. I mean, I, I mean, I, I think that's a, I think that's a fair deal for both t- sides, take right? The, take the, I mean, listen, like. He's shown you who, what he is. Like he's, I think there is room for more improvement there, and I think he could get even better than what he is now. I think it's worth the risk. I mean, it's a lot of money. I understand that, but it's the quarterback position. You have to just trust it. And if you and if you, if you crash and burn, then you crash and burn, and you take the hit. But I think that. If he's willing to take a deal like that, I mean, you're going to end up getting a good deal on the cap hits because they're going to be lower. Um, you, uh-huh. You're going to just get a, a better situation overall. I, I, I would do it because. All right, let me let me ask you this: Assuming it's a five-year deal, what is the most guaranteed money you'd go up to? Assuming the whole contract is fully guaranteed, would you go up to 125 million? I. I that would be twenty five million per year guaranteed. I mean, so you're talking about a five year, one hundred twenty five million dollar deal, fully guaranteed, or are you talking about fully guaranteed? I mean, I, I think twenty to twenty five is right where. That kind of sounds like that's the sweet, the sweet spot. spot. Right? twenty five to me, fully guaranteed feels too much. Like right, like I mean, I feel like it feels close. It, it to feels too like much. that's the line I mean, to me because it's like twenty five million. Like what's what are we getting him non guaranteed at for his you know what I'm saying like I, I feel like we could probably get close to 25 million 
without having to guarantee that's, all of that's, it. That's you know what I'm saying. That's probably right. So I I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, so let, let just really quickly, the most amount of money average, you know, guaranteed per year right now is Kirk Cousins at twenty eight million. Yeah, last year the Vikings gave him a four year, eighty four million dollar deal, completely guaranteed. The next one is Aaron Rodgers at about twenty million dollars. So you would be, you know, this would be a good deal for Prescott because he would be guaranteed so much money. But also, if you look at the total value, the average number per year, still pretty low. So this kind of makes sense for both sides, right? Yeah, I mean. If 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 Prescott had an injury history, or if I felt like I mean, he is a running quarterback at times, but he's very very one of the things that he's really good at is not taking big hits. I mean, he does a good job of sliding and, and giving himself, and he knows how to do that. So, sure. uh, yeah, I, I mean, he's just a special case, you know. Like he's just a different quarterback than a lot of these other guys. I mean, Russell Wilson is closer to probably the closest to what he's his style is. Um, but it's still different than that. So, I, I yeah, I right. would say, you know, I can understand some people's hesitance to want to give him gar- that much guaranteed money. Um, but I think if you do, it allows you a lot of flexibility to – I think when you when you lower his cap number to $20 million and guarantee it, it gives you more flexibility to put the players around him in place that he needs to really succeed. And so I think I think I that's the the best formula for success there. All right, that is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Follow Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Locked on Cowboys. And I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.